Sing songs about the blood, and there's power in the blood. Let's look at page uh, 39. 39. Everybody knows this great song.
squeezing the juice out of it. All right, amen. Does anyone have anything before Brother Roger comes and, and brings our devotion this morning? There's so many that we still need to pray for this morning, and uh, we'll do that a little later in the service. But uh, but anyhow, so good to be here this morning. But is it, does anybody have anything to like to share before he comes up? <coughs> Brother Wayne, I'd like first to remember uh, Sister Lisa Landers. Uh, and she's having some issues and uh, you know brother Jeff and sister Lisa just remember sister Lisa today and then uh, Lisa Hanley uh, Rod's wife she's she's getting close to the, the crossing and Chris I think I heard from him from her this morning uh, could you you tell that it, that anecdote? yes um, got got to visit with uh, Rod and y'all know that's uh, sister Patsy's daughter Friday night a little bit, but um, he sent a text a little bit ago and said she had woke up this morning and said, I'm saved, saved, saved. Amen. Yeah. You know what? Let's right see if you have a song right here before you come up with a rock. Look at the page 224. 224. In the book.
song right there. Thank Brother you. Roger, do you have, uh, I mean, you come on up and share at this time. And, uh, why he's coming nice up, like I said, when anyone has a testimony or anything, just feel free to. I'm going to move this while you're up. Good to have everybody here this morning. I usually say about people, but at least this is especially good to see you here. Uh, brought a big smile on my face to see that. Yes. Um, we got uh, blessed to have a little trip up to the mountains this past week. And, um, I've been going up there now for 50 years. I've probably made at least one or two trips a year every year. And every time I drive into that place, I look around in the face. How could anybody not believe that there's a God? I mean, how could anybody believe that that just happened without the hand of a wonderful God creating it? And when I do that, when I, when I go and I think about those things, I think about the Psalms a lot, because when David wrote, uh, a, a lot of the Psalms he wrote about the physical things that, that were in, you know, the land and the, uh, the rivers and, and the still waters and all of these things, and and that's what comes to my mind in that um, in that place up there. Somebody asked me one time, if you were to move, where would you move? And I said, well, I could move to East Tennessee if I moved. If I had to move out of North Alabama, but don't plan on doing that. But it's a uh, it's a beautiful place, and um, I can just see God's hand in all of it. Sure. Uh, how He can make a river to flow from up in a mountain down. Uh, usually, you think water's down in the lowest place, but sometimes it starts at a high place. It moves moves on down. Yes, and more. But Anyway, with all that said, I'm going to read the 8th Psalm. If y'all would like to turn with me this morning, I'm going to try to be quiet and not uh, take too much time. Um, sometimes I listen to the podcast and I'm thinking, wow, I took a long time this morning. <laughs> anyway, in the 8th Psalm, it said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, uh, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with the glory, uh, with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the fields, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent! is thy name in all the earth. And I don't really have anything to add to that. How excellent is his name? Um, it's just, um, it still amazes me every time I see this, this, this world that we're in. And um, for a little while you can get out of that, you know, if you go to a, a solemn, quiet place, you can get out of all the, the um, hustle and bustle. Uh, when we were younger, we used to go up there with the kids and we loved the go-kart tracks and uh, stuff over in Pigeon Forge because the kids loved it and they had fun. And we watched them and had fun with them. But I seek out the quiet places now sure. uh, while I'm up there. Uh, we actually, 
when we started home, I said, I want to go through part of the cove one more time. But when we get out to Missionary Baptist Church, we're going to turn right and go up over the mountain. And uh, it's, a, it's a dirt road or gravel road, rich mountain road. And very seldom there were so many cars up there. Unfortunately, there was four or five cars that we were entangled with some of the way there. But that's a place sometimes you can go in the Smoky Mountains and not see anybody. And uh, just see the beauty up there. But uh, does anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning? Anything you'd like to share with us or um, testimony of good news? Many times Bonnie would uh, end her prayer with, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name now. She would. That's a, a reminder, right? Uh, very sorry to see the butterfly without thinking about Bonnie, too. Her testimony was when she was saved, she felt like a butterfly flying around the room. Anyone else? If not, we'll uh, we'll take her classes at this time. about the Sunday school teacher. <laughs> Am I mistaken? Do you have the minutes on that, Brother Roger? That was done in Sunday school. I don't want to jump ahead of somebody. And, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was recorded in the church minutes, but it was when we elected officers. Uh, Sunday school, not not in conference, but in just Sunday one morning. Okay. And I made the move. So <laughs> Well, thanks for reminding us about how being up in the mountains and how pretty that was uh, this week. We, uh, I was sitting at the desk and I, I had uh, I was trying to answer an email and my desk phone was ringing and I got a text on my uh, telephone all at the same time and somebody at the door wanted to get in. 
uh, I looked at that and Brother Michael said we got we definitely have a water leak at the church and uh, I thought oh my goodness I hope it's not something we can't get to and fix and whatnot and about that time it dinged again and Brother Rogers said well I'd be glad to help but I'm in the mountains looking at the bears and the tree leaves <laughs> So just for a moment, Brother Roger, I tried to think about uh, how pretty that is, and, and we exactly. love that. I kind of know how you feel there. For the last 23 years that I worked, I worked in an office that you couldn't see a door and it didn't have a window. And I had every mode of uh, fax, email, text, phone, walking up, people walk in and out. And sometimes you just felt like, you know, like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to scream if I don't. <laughs> Uh, got too many, too many modes of access to me, and that little—I'm in a corner and I can't get out. Well, I definitely need lots of help today. Um, the, uh, but I do want to say how good it is to be here, how good it is to see you. And uh, you know, I think quite often, almost daily, that it's not been about maybe a year and a half or so ago that. Pam and I knew that God was leading in some direction and we was trying to kind of figure that out and I, I remember um, saying on more than one occasion I said you know because I had I had worked in trying to lead church music for over 25 years and I said I wish they were just some some place that I could go and just play the piano song and uh, I, I, at that time, Brother Steve had no idea that opportunity would be right here. We're just, we're just so blessed by that and over, overwhelmed that uh, the Lord would be so gracious sure. and, so, uh, and, and bless us in that way because we truly, truly feel greatly blessed. <clears throat> um, I, I, it's my recollection that we got through with chapter 20 of the book of Genesis and that we just kind of started maybe on a couple of verses of 21. Am I right about that? Everybody's recollection? Okay. Well, that's what, um, that's what I was thinking as well. And I want to, um, I want to maybe not try to cover the entire chapter, but down through Verse 21, I thought was a, a good place maybe for us to get to. So uh, I do encourage y'all to all join in and please help um, as we just study together and that y'all are so good to do. So why don't we just read together those first 21 verses. <clears throat> and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham, 
that Sarah should have given children suck, for I had borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac, I, Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and, and the child and sent her away and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And then, I think that was a good place maybe for us to try to get to today. And I don't have any really great um, revealing um, biblical truths to, to, to share with you more than what you actually just see in the scripture here today. But one of the things that jumped out to me as we go back to the beginning of our reading, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And when I read that for the first time this week and read that verse, I said, well, there goes the Lord keeping his promises because the Lord's promises are true and they're sure and we can depend on them. And so God had blessed Sarah and Abraham with a child as he said he would right there in chapter 21. Let's look back to chapter 17, uh, about verse 16. Uh, 
the Bible said, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. King of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham saith unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. I think he was reminding God, Well, you know, this hadn't worked out, so now I have a son, Ishmael. Um, and as for Ishmael, or and God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and they shall, thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant in his seed with him. So God here in chapter 17 uh, had let us know what was going to happen in that Sarah was indeed going to bear a son. And one of my questions I was going to ask when we go back over into uh, chapter 21 where our, uh, our uh, scripture is today, uh, it was referenced that Abraham was a hundred years old. And so I was going to ask, so how old was Sarah? Nine. Nine, or thereabouts, because back in chapter 17 is when God promised the child, and so later the child was conceived and Sarah bore that child, Isaac. And so, you know, it, it, we know by nature it could have been nine, nine months or so, but approximately a hundred, we know the promise was given when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. So uh, quite, quite a miracle uh, that that was. And God had told back in uh, chapter 17 what his name would be. So that was, that was all worked out, wasn't it? And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded, Verse 5, and Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. So, you know, back, if we think back over the last uh, few weeks and months that we've studied here in, in uh, the book of uh, Genesis, we know that they, Sarah and Abraham was getting on up in years and had not had a child. And that Sarah um, made the plan that Abraham would take the bond woman, Hagar, and that he would try to raise up a son from her. And so that plan was uh, followed through with, and uh, uh, it came to pass, and Hagar did bear a son. Does anybody remember the nationality of Hagar, where she, or where she was from? Egyptian. Egyptian, right. She, yeah, she was, she was from Egypt. She was an Egyptian. And I thought that, was, that plays into something else that I'd like to point out a little bit uh, later. So the son that uh, Hagar bore's name was Ishmael. Ishmael. And so uh, if somebody look back to uh, chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. Somebody read that for us. Chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. You got it, Linda? 16, verse 10 and 11. Um, 
says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Isn't that amazing that when God purposes a child, as he did here, that he gives his name. And so just as they had named Isaac, he also named Ishmael. And the, the, the meaning of Ishmael, in one commentator I read, said that that means God hears. And I think that comes from verse 11 of chapter 16 where it said, Thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord had heard thy affliction. Now, now Brother Chris, yes. in verse 16, and this is what I was looking for, it says, Abraham was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael. Yes. So, how old is that? Uh, 86. 86. So, so, he was not a baby no. when they were asked to leave. That's exactly right. And that's one thing that we'll think about when we look over the <coughs> He, he was not a baby. He, uh, in fact, why did Abraham ask them to leave in the start with her? What started that whole reason? Actually, it was Sarah said they got to go. But why was that? Ishmael was making fun. Well, he was mocking. Uh -huh. well, yeah, not necessarily making fun, but imitating. Mm -hmm. As it, and, and, and in some... You know, I've always thought, like Sister Lance said, that it was just pure making fun of. But I don't believe it was so. I believe he was seeing the, what they were doing, the ceremonial things they were doing, and that that he was basically pretending or taking part in that. Mm -hmm. and, and it may not, it may, he may have been mocking as, as children do, but I believe it was the fact that he uh, was doing things that made her realize that he would share in Isaac's inheritance. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and she, and she wasn't going to have that. No, yeah. there, there's, there's nothing more full of sarcasm than, than a 17 or 18 year old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, they can really get on your nerves. But I, I, I thought, uh, and, oh, you, you should have not know what a, a, a female lawyer is going to be like at 16. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so. so that was the reason. And so all those things combined, I think everybody's yes. right in their yes. comments there, all those things combined, Hagar said, uh-uh, they're not staying here. And you can imagine how that grieved Abraham because Ishmael was his son, just like Isaac was. But, you know, and, and Chris, I, I know that he was not his son from his beloved wife, but he was his son. And and you can ask anybody in our family, Abby is not blood related to us, but she's our family. And she is so sweet. And she, she just filled our hearts up the day we saw her. And, and so... I can I cannot you know I can't imagine what Abraham was feeling to have to be a you know 86 years old when his uh, a son was born and to stay with him for 16 or 17 years and then 
he's got to go. Yeah. How close I, they would be. Yeah. Now, and, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that would be, just think about, you know, one of your daughters or, or you know, our son or daughter, uh, about the t time they got out of high school, just somebody saying, hey, you, you got, she's got to go, or he's got to go, and you won't ever see him again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. How troublesome that would be. Yes, that would be, uh, that, that would be very, very grievous, and that really troubled Abraham that we'll get, that we read over here, and we'll kind of uh, go ahead and touch on that again, because uh, it told us here in, um, let me get back over chapter 21, it told us that um, the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son, because that was indeed his son. I appreciate your comment about the uh, uh, about Abby and her adoption because you know that always uh, I'm always reminded that that's what we are. Sure, sure. That's what we are, and so uh, it's a, an adoption, uh, a physical adoption that we experience in our lives. Now, when someone takes in someone, um, is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture of what God has done for us. And, um, you know, sometimes, and y'all know I proceed over adoption here, and, you know, sometimes I, I just kind of, based on the family and, and based on what I sense their backgrounds are, and all I, I, I just try to follow God's leadership in what I say, and uh, what I feel like the Lord might prompt me to say, <clears throat> because it's quite often that I will feel led to say, you know, this is just like God has adopted us into His family, and um, because I think that can help be a witness to people that maybe have not thought of that or don't sure. know what I'm talking about. But then a lot of other people will be smiling from over the place. They know exactly what you're talking about. And um, and so when God adopts us into His family, there's no turning back. And um, I often point that out. I said this is not a trial run. This is not something you can try a while and bring this child back. You're asking me, to sign the legal paperwork to make this your child and it'll be your child forever. And you know, sometimes there's natural born children there. And I might say, this child, for all legal purposes, is gonna be just like this child. Do you understand that? And when you die and you, your estate is divided among your children, this adopted child is gonna stand just as tall as this child that's your natural born child. And it's just a wonderful picture of that and that love that. And I, I appreciate what you're saying said there. And that is one of the greatest fears of an adoptive parent is that they could raise the child to, you know, six or eight or ten or twelve or eight or well at eighteen they can do what they want to, but at uh, you know, fourteen or or seventeen like this, like Abraham. Uh, and that the the natural born parents would would uh, come.
them back and wore them back. And the, the legal paper, uh, and that the mountain of legal paper that Nikki and David signed in Arizona and then again in Tennessee provides assurance that right. that won't Absolutely. happen. But Absolutely. once God adopts us and he's got us in his hand, can't nobody get us Amen. That's right, buddy. Right, Tracy. Yes. When Austin was little, uh, there were cases going through where the children got swapped in the hospital and they were fighting to get their child. He was about three, I think. And kiddingly, I said that I meant to. That uh, if I found out that he wasn't my real child, I would want mine. But they wouldn't know what to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> McDonald's yeah. and swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abby had been old enough to mock Brooks or make fun of him. I think they're real close and one and the same. Oh, no, oh she mocked him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't figure he'd give yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. This gets us a little bit off the lesson, but let, let me tell you this too. I had the greatest blessing this week. Um, and um, I was teaching elections to, to our workers getting ready for uh, next Tuesday. And we went out to lunch. And uh, a comment was made by my lady about, she said, you know about my foster daughter? And I, I said, no, I don't have any, I don't know anything about that. But uh, she had been a school teacher and she just felt like that there was a, a child that was particularly in need and she was actually 17 years old. And so she kept looking into the situation and found out that her and her natural mother had just lived in a car. But some guy come along and mother chose to go with the guy and she told her daughter, said, you just stay and spend the night with your friends and don't tell them, and let and, and just uh, go one place, one place, and another place, another time. And I, I just, I just about to, to start shedding tears. But then she said, but when I found out, I went and told her, I said, if you ever need a place to stay, come to my house. So one Friday night, she looked her up at a ball game and said, uh, could, could I come over there tonight? And uh, she said, yes, you can. And I said, well, what happened after that? And said, well, she's never, uh, she's never left. <laughs> and said, now she's, she finished high school and she's about to graduate from UAB. But you know, sometime, that's another picture of us wandering around out there uh, and our need of God, our need of protection, our, and what God affords us when He takes us in there. And uh, it's just a wonderful picture. But thinking about our lesson today, one thing that I, I, I really try to give some thought to, and I think there's people here that will know much more about this than I, but you know, we had Ishmael, and Ishmael was not without his own promise or blessing from God. We don't want to lose sight of that. God had said to Hagar of Ishmael, 
and to Abraham that he would become a nation of people. And so then we have Isaac coming along a little later, and I was reading this, and I thought, hmm, the thought, the plot is thickening up here. This is getting a little complicated. Now we have two. So, but we know that Isaac was the, the child of promise, and God promised to make a great nation of his descendants, and they would be as the sand of the sea. So, um, so when we when we talk about Isaac being the child of promise or the God's covenant with Abraham, what are we actually talking about? He's, he's the father of the children of Israel, uh, you know, of God's children, and that was the promise. I give that. A, I thought as I thought about that a little bit, I immediately thought of. Bible school song about Father Abraham. His many sons, many sons have a father Abraham, and I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, or something, you know. And I, and just think about that because that's true of Abraham. He's not only father of the uh, the great nation that come through Isaac, but he was also father of another people that came through Ishmael. And so I, I thought, hmm, this is getting a little bit complicated here. And somebody look at uh, chapter 16, verse 12. And this is going back. It just kind of keep bringing us to where we are and the fact that uh, he was asked to leave. He and Hagar was asked to leave. But there was something that I went back and thought of that, that the scripture said about Ishmael that I thought was worth bearing in mind. Somebody got it, verse, uh, or chapter 16, verse 12? Yes, ma'am. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. That he will be a wild man. And his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. All right, well, just keep that in mind just for a minute, because I got to I got to thinking about that a little bit, and I I didn't go. I probably could went to the computer, but I just took a piece of paper and I said, well, I'll right, make sure I'm getting this right in my mind about the family tree of Abraham. So, so Abraham and Sarah had. Isaac, Abraham, and Hagar had Ishmael. So Ishmael and Isaac were half-brothers, right? Okay. Then Ishmael had 12 sons of his own and one daughter. And of those 12 sons, they became a great nation of people in number. And so who were they? The, the Arab Muslims is what we would thank you um, because not all Muslims would be descendants of Ishmael but those particularly of the Arab nations consider uh, Ishmael uh, just like we consider as Christians Isaac and Abraham they consider Ishmael and Abraham I thought that was 
that would be that would be true of, of, of the other line too you know uh, people that are now of the Jewish faith that don't mean that they that they could trace their lines back to, to uh, Isaac um, you know they, they've been grafted in and so the same way on the Muslim side mm -hmm. that, that they're 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 not all out of those 12 mm -hmm. uh, 12 young men um, there have been some that have joined and been you know taken slave and made uh, you know and, and and converted and and but that that's true but and then that adds to the nation it does on both sides it does and then uh, uh, I read one commentator that said and I'm sure that the the Muslims equivalent to what we consider our Bible probably has some historical accuracies in it and it said that based on the Quran that they it considered Ishmael to be uh, in the lineage of Mohammed. So that's all right. Now, so we got really from Abraham the what would become the Arab and um, Muslim nations of the world, particularly around what was considered Arabia at that time. And then we have the descendants of Isaac. Let's talk about the descendants of Isaac just a minute. So Abraham had two sons that were quite different. But Isaac did also, didn't he? Who were the, who were the sons of Isaac? Esau and Jacob. Esau and Jacob. Okay. And so from Jacob came the lineage of the Israelites. And, uh, and Esau had a lineage of his own uh, from Edom. So uh, I, I thought that was very important. Now let's talk about how does that even play into the world of events today? Let's talk about that. Yeah, because now what was he? He was a wild man who everyone would be against him and he would be against everyone and in light of our current events and yeah. the current world. Well, and, and you know, both of, both both sets of brothers there uh, that we're talking about is a top and shadow of of the physical man and the spiritual man, um, and and through both lines. And you know, um, like the Bible said there that he he would be a wild man, um, and, and you look up look at what. Muslims believe that it's pretty wild, and it's it's really it's there. Uh, uh, you know the the physical man, and then um, the other line, the, the Jewish line. Um, they're they're the spiritual man, and and you see them. You can see it on CNN or, or Fox News every night. You see them fighting still, and um, but uh, the. Uh, and it's the younger brother is the spiritual person, and we, you know, we see that, and that's like Brother Roger said during the devotion. How can you see these things that are talked about in the Bible and think there's not a that that all happened by coincidence? Right, right. Well, and I, uh, when Pam read that he would was a wild man 
I thought, you know, I don't know anything about Greek and Hebrew and all that, but I wondered what, where did that translation, what maybe that meant? And I thought, well, I'm going to look in a couple of other uh, translations, and I looked in the ESV, and it said the same thing, a wild man. And it was interested in the NIV, it said, a wild donkey of a man. I wondered what. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to know how that was in translated out of Greek or whatever it was, but a wild donkey of a man. Now, do you suppose that Jacob and, uh, no, that Isaac and Ishmael were enemies after this time? I mean, have you thought about that? He thought, what what was their what was their life beyond that as Isaac grew and as Ishmael got older? And, and uh, it, it may go into this a little farther. Uh, uh, I've not read that much farther. But did did Hagar, where did Hagar go and uh, and Ishmael go after they left the the uh, the fountain there? Yeah. Uh, were, were they were was Isaac and and Ishmael raised together? I mean, or were they like twenty miles apart? Or, I, I don't know. That. I, That's a good question. It, the scripture said they settled in the land of Paran, maybe yeah. of Paran or something like that. But I thought this was real interesting. I know we're just about out of time. But look in uh, uh, chapter twenty-five, <clears throat> verse nine. And I thought this this is we're not there yet, of course. But as we think about these brothers uh, and wonder what may have been their life after this separation, uh, I thought there was something very interesting in here in chapter twenty-five, verse nine. Somebody have that? Pam, you got it? Pam Green? You got it? And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of whatever that is. <laughs> and in that, all the other words. Okay. So, but, so the point is this, that when Abraham died, Ishmael and Isaac buried him. Or at least they attended his funeral. <coughs> so... I would say they were not completely estranged from each other. But you'd have to think the human nature, you know, was that Ishmael had some resentment there for mm -hmm. being, you know, exiled. Mm -hmm. He, he dwelt that. in the wilderness and, and, and made good of it. Uh, but the thing is, Abraham and Lot had no issues with each other. But as they grew, then their herdsmen had issues. That's Their right. That's right. Everyone yeah. that grew up had issues. Uh, even though they didn't. And they chose to separate. Um, I'm not certain that there was a personal... I believe they both buried their father together. At, at where he wanted to be buried. I believe he set that up where he was be buried. He bought the place. He buried Sarah. Well, Sarah was there. And, he, and right. he was planning on being. And they both knew that. Mm -hmm. Uh, no matter where they, you know, were together or apart or did they, I'm pretty sure they dwelt separately. Very probably had, didn't have a lot to do with each mm -hmm. other at that point. I, I'm not sure of that, but it could be that way. It could be the other way. 
But uh, I do know that from the example we saw of Abraham and Lot, that the generations from those two could very well have right, right. Uh, had striven against right. one another. And it's so it's just, in their ages too, I think, yeah. would make a difference there. And they, they, I just thought that was interesting that they were both at the funeral, yeah. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Of course, but you know, I tell you what, I see this all the time. People that can't stand to be in the room with each other will come together for mom and daddy's funeral. And then uh, when they get through fighting it out at the end, they'll live the rest of their life and never have anything else to do with each other. That's, but, but there was one other thing that I will conclude that I, I wanted to point out that I thought was interesting. If somebody look up chapter 28, verse 9, and this, this is no big spiritual truth or anything. It's just I, I thought it was interesting as we I got thinking about this tree, family tree, and kind of figured out who the two. Um, chapter 28 and verse 9. Now remember that Ishmael had 12 sons and one daughter. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. And in this verse, I got it. Then went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto him the wives which he had at Malatha, the daughter of Ishmael's Abraham's son and the sister of Neoboth or something, I was going to be his wife. So I shouldn't have volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that. But the point was that Esau, Ishmael had 12 sons and a daughter. And Esau, at some point, married the daughter of Ishmael. And I thought that was so... So they, uh, they couldn't have been that far apart. I mean, they, they might not have been bosom buddies, but mm -hmm. they were family. Mm -hmm. And they, they could look over some... And, and I think Brother Bobby's right. I, uh, my dad, I think my dad lived his life with an eternal outlook on life. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, and this is one I, I, that you probably deal with every day. My dad said it was better to have a good neighbor than to quarrel that he put his fence six inches on, the, on your property when he built the new fence. It was better to have a good neighbor. Uh, but... Uh, me being young and dumb, it's like, well, now, wait a minute. We, we need to tear that fence down. And he went, nope, it's better that. And now I have that. I, I, I see the, and, you know, uh, what I'm saying is uh, Ishmael and, um, uh, well, Isaac may, may have had an, an eternal life look that, that would have said, you know, God and God's blessings on us can be bigger than these little things. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I don't know why that sparked me. That goes back to uh, the commandments, not commandments, but in Leviticus, when they were told about uh, how to take care of your neighbors or those that are around you, how to leave the corner of your field. There was a, a sixth part of some corner of the field that was to be left for those who didn't have food, mm -hmm. that didn't have a, a way to plan. 
And, and there was always a consideration or an expected benevolence right. Brother yeah. Bo from God's yeah. people. Right. And, and when, right. when Brother Bo said that about Brother Robert, that reminded me yeah, of, that's, of that's, the law. That is so great to remember. And uh, so today, <laughs> these have been a lot of interesting things that we've talked about, but be sure that you take from the lesson that God is faithful to His Word and to His promises. And He was faithful in birth of Isaac. Yes, ma'am. Brother Chris, I, I just wanted to mention this. Uh, I taught this history 25, 6 years ago, I guess. So I, I don't remember all the details. But these people still live in that same general area. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Middle East and, and all of that's right there. These, these families are still there. And they're still quarreling today. Mm -hmm. I mean, Esau and Ishmael's family, that, that's the, what we kind of look at as the trouble stirrers, you know. And the Israelites over here, they still have jealousy, they still have animosity among each other, yeah. even today. And, and will to the end of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Brother Chris, I, I have to get my money in on this. So uh, Sarah, <coughs> she wanted to, to run off Hagar and Ishmael off, and it says that God was with Abraham, and I, I believe that's true because he did not come back and say, hey, this was your idea. No, that's right. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, the thing about, uh, uh, that's great, Neil. Also, the thing about uh, Sarah uh, laughing, um, I, I think that that had turned to something of joy at that time. She laughed at the thought of having a child when that was first revealed to her. But I think the references to laughter in this chapter 21 that people laughed with her was, uh, was, was uh, a, a, a release of the joy that, that they had, that they came when the God fulfilled their promise. Well, I've enjoyed it, y'all. Yes, sir? One more little interesting thing. Okay. What did you say this name? God hears. God hears. Uh -huh. Interesting, over in uh, where uh, Hagar and Ishmael had been sent out into the wilderness, and she put him over under a bush because she didn't want to see him die. Um, then it said, and God heard the voice of the land, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thou, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the land where he is. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well thank you very much.